0: to everybody who knows what that means it's beautiful anonymous one hour one phone call no names no holds barred i'd rather
1: go one-on-one i think it'll be more fun and i'll get to know you and you'll get to know me
0: hi everybody chris gethard here welcome to another episode of beautiful anonymous i tell you if there's ever been a time in my life where i'm lucky to have a creative project that's just me talking to other human beings it is now love that i get to talk to people rare these days last week's episode was quarantine breakup i was really proud of it i still am there's a couple comments that came up in the facebook community want to call them out Every time I mention the Facebook community, I also want to thank the moderators of that community. They do a great job. That community, it's so laid back. I tell you, it's pleasant. And there's 33,000 people in there. We are an army of individuals who like talking to each other on the phone. Now... Uh, I had mentioned a game I played growing up called King of the Hill in the episode. Sid in the group said, In Connecticut, we had large random boulders in our apartment projects. We played King of the Hill on them, kicking, pushing, and throwing each other off these eight-foot-tall rocks. Oh, to be young again. Happy to hear that I'm not the only one who uh, played these dangerous games growing up. Now, more importantly, I got to thank Nico in the group. Nico called me out on something and I want to thank them for it. Nico said, I love this episode so hard, but I'd love it if Chris didn't say the F word so casually. It's a vile, icky word that deserves to be dropped from our communal vocabulary. I don't know if it's necessary to say, quote, the F word instead of the word, but maybe it shouldn't be used by all of us. Like it isn't a word that people have been beaten to death hearing yelled at them over and over. I know Chris is doing his best. Maybe I'm wrong, but just something to think about. And then Nico made clear, I'm not talking about the F word that you know, we know as the F-word, we're talking about the homophobic F-word. And I, I realized I did in the episode say, uh, I believe what I said was some version of, man, we used to say the word blank growing up and didn't even think about what it actually meant. We just threw it around so casually. And when Nico posted their comment, initially, I got very scared, you know, that anxiety of like, oh, my God, did I say something did I say something horrible? And then I got defensive, right? Well, I, I was only bringing it up to talk about how how awful I think that situation is. And then I realized, no, Nico's right. In the course of talking about it and how awful I think it is that it was so casual growing up, I'm throwing it around casually now. And it makes me think, well, why is this different than some other sensitive language? And I'm like, man, they used to say that in movies growing up. I used to hear people in my life say it. Music, you used to hear that word and it's like, man, even now when I'm calling out how pervasive that word was, the pervasiveness of it still has this lifelong effect on me where I'm thinking about it. It was eye-opening and I'm humble enough to know when I'm wrong and I'm I'm really happy to be uh, taught that lesson and I feel a little bit burned, but I should. So thank you, Nico, in the Facebook community, Beautiful Anonymous, the community for, uh, for pointing it out. It's good to remember. Now, this week's episode, we talked to someone from a very fascinating place, Alaska. I talk in the episode about how for most of us Americans, Alaska seems like a very sort of a mythical place. We don't know much about it. That was certainly true for me. Not only do we talk to a native Alaskan about Alaska, they are a true native Alaskan. They have native blood running through their veins. They tell us what that's like, that experience, tell us about the remoteness of the village that they... they um, have roots in and that they have often spent time in and we just get into it it's a nice laid-back chat about all things being alaskan it was really pleasant i uh, thank you caller for having it and i hope you listeners enjoy thank you for calling beautiful anonymous a beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host hello hello Hello. Hey, how's it going?
1: Hey, I'm really
0: good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a good day. You know, right now you have your good That's days. Awesome. You have your bad days. This is one of the good ones.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I know, I know how that goes. Um, although, for I think for me, it's been like off and on, good, bad. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Okay. So
1: um I had shared with your producer that I just um got over thyroid cancer a few months ago.
0: Whoa. So
1: that was kind of a crazy like diagnosis. Um I had been feeling fine. I had gone in for like a second opinion. I had gallbladder issues. Um and so I got a second opinion And during that second opinion exam, they found the lump. So they were like, "Um, you need to get a biopsy. Biopsy was followed with the diagnosis and then surgery. So it was all pretty quick. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So when you say
0: pretty quick, from, uh, from the first time you went in to that surgery, what's the time frame here?
1: It was like... I want to say a month. So I found out that I had thyroid cancer on veterans day. Um, And then I had my surgery on um, December 16th. So, yeah, it was like a month from the diagnosis um, until um, my surgery. And so, you know, I have two little boys. um, And so it was really... um, just kind of nerve wracking to know that like I'd have to go into surgery and you don't really know like whether or not the, the cancer has spread. I didn't know what stage it was. So, um, I found out that it was stage two, which is, you know, really lucky. And they say like, if you're going to get some type of cancer, um, thyroid cancer is the one to get because it's so easily operable. um, and so, yeah, um, I got the diagnosis and got it taken care of. Um, at the, the same surgery, I was able to get my gallbladder out. So, um, <clears throat> I said I didn't mind sharing um, a couple details. Of course, I wouldn't ever tell you my name, but I am from Alaska um, and I am Alaska Native. So, um, Alaska Native people are more likely to have like gallstones. So, Um, I'd been having a lot of pain and, um, so,
0: um, yeah. Wow. Now you got the surgery and I think when you, when you first brought it up, you had phrased it as saying that you, you got over the cancer. Does this mean you're, you're cancer free? You're in the clear?
1: Yeah. So currently, um, I didn't I didn't have to go through chemo luckily kind of the the treatment for thyroid cancer is you're on a higher level of like thyroid medication to suppress any thyroid cells it's called thyroid suppression you know the only problem is like I you know you've talked about your mental issues and I I think that's really brave of you I also kind of struggle with anxiety And one of the side effects of being on the suppression is like, you can have more anxiety. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm just like, great. Also, I feel like,
0: I feel Um, like having cancer will give you a lot of anxiety even before the medications come um, into play. Let's not forget that, that little recipe in the anxiety cocktail, having cancer, that'll do it.
1: Yeah. It's a big word, you know, to hear, um, I'm 36. So, um, you know, I'm, I have my oldest son is, um, eight. My youngest is, or he's nine. I'm sorry. He just turned nine. Um, my youngest is seven. Um, and so, you know, you kind of go through the mental gymnastics, like, am I going to be around for them? You know, um, I'm a non-traditional student. You know, I go to school for criminal justice. And so, Like I want to finish up some of the things in my life. And it was just kind of like, it was out of the blue, you know, like you're just kind of like surprised by the diagnosis. So,
0: yeah, I, I feel like, um, you know, since, since you're now cancer free, I feel a little more comfortable asking since you brought it up. That's, that's, that's one of the things that you spend your whole life hoping you never hear it. What's the experience yeah. like when someone and sits you down and goes, I'm so sorry to tell you you have cancer?
1: I mean, yeah. And it's really rough. Um, I've been pretty open with my kids about kind of my diagnosis and I, I don't want them, you know, I, I have a pretty gnarly like scar on my neck now because I did have to get it surgically like removed. Mm-hmm. Um and so the thing is, like, I'm not like a huge doctor person. Like, I'm not like, hey, let's go to the doctor. Um, <laughs> it's, it just, it, I have like the white coat syndrome really badly. But I took that step to go get a second opinion. And so in that step of taking care of myself, you know, I was able to find, you know, the cancer. And so it's kind of a good example to set to my kids, like, hey, you know, like be healthy, you know, go you know, to the doctor, or get your checkups. So, yeah.
0: And this white coat syndrome, I've never heard that phrase. I would imagine that means you don't like the doctor. You don't like the people in the white coat. Yeah. <laughs> That's white coat syndrome. <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I think I, so being Alaska Native, there are kind of some perks that you get. We kind of negotiated as Native people to get free medical care. And so it's free, but my opinion is that the quality is not great. Um, And so you kind of, a lot of people will really distrust the medical, I guess, community. Um, And so the thing is, like, I just, I wasn't really happy with what I was hearing about my gall stone surgery. so. My gallbladder surgery, and so I, I had opted to go to my husband's doctor, who, by the way, is from New Jersey. So, um, oh, wow, <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah, so he moved here when he was like nine. So I just decided, you know, hey, I'm going to go check out um, his doctor, and he was just really thorough. He's really knowledgeable. I feel like more knowledgeable than um, some of the doctors um, that I've seen, and a lot of the the medical staff that I see, I really respect them and everything, but they're like physician aides or like nurses. And so it can be really hard to kind of get the quality you might need for something serious.
0: So now can I ask you, okay, tangent, when, uh, when, yeah. you, when you talk about this medical care, does that make you go like when you hear about people want medic, you know, uh, you like socialized medicine? Medicare for all, are you sitting here going, I have, I have the prototype version. It's not that good guys. Or are you going, Um, they they stick the natives natives with the, oh, it, it is, it is. All right.
1: Yeah. It, it, for sure. It's a concern because the thing is they don't cover anything really extensive. So you're kind of getting like the bare bones of, you know, like medical care. So like if I need dental care, they'll, they'll give me a filling but they're not going to pay for like crowns or, you know, anything fancy. And so even for me to go and get an appointment, it's like months out, like a couple months out. So if, if I have to get something like if there's an emergency and I'm having pain, you know, it, it might, I have to show up, I think at like 7am wait for someone to possibly cancel their appointment and then be seen. So it's, it's overwhelmed, you know, and we're, we're in Alaska where there's only 730,000 people. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's rough. Um, I, I don't mind sharing. I live in Anchorage, um, which is the biggest city. Um, it's a really, you know, small town compared to, um, other parts of the U.S., obviously, they think there's like a little over 300,000 that live in Anchorage alone.
0: So, The cynical part of me also has to wonder, when you said like the Native community was able to negotiate free health care, there is a cynical yeah. part of me that's going, well, did the government walk away going like, fine, we'll give you a free health care, but it's going to be shitty. Like there's a part of me that has to wonder yeah. if that's a thought too. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, and it's really hard because I feel like in that deal, there's a little thing called ANCSA. And I mean, it's where we negotiated kind of like our land, you know, the rights to some of our land and things in exchange for free medical care, the ability to make corporations. Um, and 13 regions one is kind of now defunct Um, it was like a catch all for like folks that lived in what we call the lower 48 Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was for folks that lived outside of Alaska Um, and so certain regions of Alaska have a corporation and so we are able to operate business and the revenue and the earnings are spread among shareholders so if you're going to be a shareholder, you had to be born after 1980 or excuse me, before 1982. And I was born after I was born in 84. So I am not for my regional corporation. I, they don't say, Oh, well, you know, we're going to put you into a corporation that corporation has to allow new members in basically. Um, and so there's dividends that are paid to those shareholders. Um, And so there are perks to being what's called a descendant. And so for me, my college scholarship is paid for. Um, I have to apply for it and I have to get good grades, which, you know, uh, I'm doing it. But um, that's kind of one perk, I guess. Um, the, The shares in those corporations, they can be passed down, but they have to be passed down to someone who is, alaska native um they can't they can't be sold at least from what i can remember um and so i do have like a few shares in one of the largest corporations um but it's literally like three most people have like a hundred or so so
0: it's a very uh it's pretty great well it's a very complicated scenario it's a very complicated
1: scenario. <laughs> well isn't it? it is <laughs> it is when um you're not kind of born and raised around it, I think. Um Right. But you know, when you're you Alaska Native, you pay attention to what, you know, um what concerned you, right? So Yeah. Um it's just something that you learn about. And a lot of people, Alaska Native people, they work for either the corporation or the native hospital. Um and so
0: It's just something you learn about. That's There's so much to talk about. Yeah. yeah, Thyroid cancer. I'm like, where do I start? Yeah. Interesting (laughs) background. Raising two kids while going to school. So many things I want to get to. I want to follow this track. So here's, okay. Being a native (laughs) in Alaska in particular. Now I have some questions Mm -hmm. about this. I know that the native communities in the lower 48, um, some of them are sort of doing their own things. Some of them are working in conjunction with the larger native community. Is the, is the uh, Alaskan native community connected to any other native communities? Is it, are you closer maybe with the Canadian, the Canadian
1: natives? So um, not so much like, we kind of consider ourselves like just different. Um, so I'm in which is, um, we're from like the Bering Straits area, um, or from the Barrow area, which is like, you can kind of make your hand into the shape of Alaska, your right hand. And if you have your, your index finger and your thumb out, but your other three fingers tucked in that, that looks like Alaska, right? Okay. I'm and so I'm
0: trying to do it myself right now. I have I have a weird Try thing with, it.
1: Try it. Well, I have I a weird thing with my knuckles. It's Alaska
0: I have a weird joint thing. So I'm trying my best. <laughs> it's a very strange looking version of Alaska due to my joint condition. Anyway, okay, so I'm listening. So my my thumb and my fun, and my forefinger are extended. My other three fingers are folded yes, down. Out. Okay.
1: Uh-huh. In. Folded in, yep. Folded and in so, rather. Yes, yes, yes. When you're looking at your hand, you're you're looking at Alaska. And so Your second finger up to your pinky area, that's all going to be like in a back territory, Mm -hmm. kind of. So we're like a coastal people. You know, we subsisted on whales, seals, salmon. Um, If you're more inland, you ate a lot of caribou. Reindeer sausage is fucking amazing. Um, You know, smoked salmon is the bomb. I eat seal oil. That is a native food. Um, it's amazing. Um, and birds, a lot of birds, berries, of course. Um, and you got to understand like up in the top of the state, there's not a lot of trees. Um, it's all tundra. So it's just a very different way of life out there. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, Alaska native people, you know, are still alive and thriving, um, where some of the youngest people, demographically in the country um and you know global warming is a huge thing um my family my grandpa's family was from Unalakleet, uh Shaktoolik area and they're affected by erosion um and so it's it's i've you know traveled outside of the state quite a bit it's hard to travel it's expensive but Um, it's very different life and, um, it's something that I, you know, I'm hoping that culturally we can continue and it's something I'm trying to teach my kids as well.
0: And did you, have you always lived in Anchorage or did you, have you lived in the more remote area you're talking about?
1: So I have lived in the village of Shaktulik. Um, my grandfather was, is an artist, um, was, he's, he's passed on now, um, but I lived in Chaktulik with my grandfather and my grandmother. Um, they were both in Obak. Um, and I lived there, I was five. So a lot of the um, memories are just very distant, but I do remember it quite fondly. Um, I, I always tell a story. I was walking along the beach on what's called the old site. Um, because they moved some of the houses back to um the new site which is further away from the shore and uh my grandpa was like look and I looked out and there was a whale that was like breaching and just splashed all into kind of the bay there you know and um it was just it was incredibly beautiful and you're so close with nature and it's the ocean is right there um The problem with the ocean being right there, though, is that when the storms hit and when um, it gets really rough, the houses that were on that old site, the surf comes all the way up to those houses because that erosion, you know, and because of the activity in the ocean, that's very different. So they've had to move a lot of the houses to um, what's called the new site. And so it's just further away, like I said, from the,
0: from the beach there. So. That sucks. That's my basic (laughs) response to that. That sucks. Old site sounded pretty beautiful. Cool. New site sounds like, uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure the new site has its charms, but that's a bummer that you can't be in the old site anymore. That's my basic reaction. That sucks. Yeah.
1: It does. Um, It's really hard now. I think there's a lot of the folks that hunt because there are still traditional, you know, people that hunt. You know, it's it's hard to get food in the villages. I don't know if people could Google how much milk costs. I mean, it's like 10 bucks a gallon there. Um, And so they subsist on the native animals, you know. Um, And so with the changing weather, it's harder to get that whale or it's harder to get those seals or walrus you know and it's something that you know I I grew up in Anchorage but I have lived outside of um Anchorage a couple times I lived in California a couple times um my husband is a sales person, so he kind of um has dragged me along to some like working assignments outside of Anchorage but you know um Living there is really tough. Um, it takes a stern, sturdy person. I'll tell you that for sure. And even in Anchorage, it's, 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 it's hard. It's, it's an isolated place. Um, you know, you're so far away from the lower 48 and it's expensive. There's really high crime here, <laughs> um, which is rough because, you know, I think people come up here, they, they hear about the PFD. I don't know if you've heard of that before. No what's um not? basically we get a thousand around a thousand dollars from oil revenue that's spread among all of the people in Alaska, and so that comes in October, and I think people hear like, "Oh, free money sometimes, and they'll come up to Alaska and think that you know it's just easy up here. It is not easy to live here. <laughs>
0: I feel that way about New Jersey too, to be fair. So we got that in common. Hey, we'll be right back. All right, everybody. Break is over. Take a deep breath, close your eyes, and we are once again going to transport you to the most re- remote areas of Alaska via the magic of uh intentionally underproduced audio. Enjoy.
1: I think people hear like, oh, free money sometimes and they'll come up to Alaska and think that, you know, it's just easy up here. It is not easy to live here.
0: <laughs> so I feel like if I moved to Anchorage I'd be a very complainy pain in the ass. <laughs> and if I and if And we if, can tell You can tell when it's a lower forty eight or Right out of the yeah. gate, you'd be like, "This guy didn't grow up here." If you're
1: bitching, listen. If you're bitching about negative ten weather in the winter time, it's it's yes. time to find a new place to live. because be. That's normal.
0: I, I feel like <laughs> I would I would be able to maybe gut it out in Anchorage, knowing that they have uh, the trappings <laughs> of a city, and I would complain all the time and I would annoy everybody if I tried to ever live in 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 the, in the old spot or the new spot in, in the village that you've said the name a few times, uh-huh. but I don't even want to try to pronounce it cause I'll mess it up. I would <laughs> less, maybe eight minutes. I'd be like, when's the next biplane that gets me out of here? When's the next biplane coming? Yeah. Is that it, it, And right? by the
1: way, it's going to be a tiny oh. plane. <laughs> Those are scary. <laughs> oh boy.
0: Is, it is the type of place you have to fly um, in a tiny plane or can you drive there? Is it, is it? Yeah. No, no 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 Oof. no,
1: it, yeah there's no that's i mean that's the other thing is like when you go to the villages it's you have to fly in um
0: so in the winter
1: time there are there's like a highway that's what that whole ice truckers show yeah, is about yeah, you know if yeah. you've seen that one
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um you, once that road is frozen you can drive to some of the villages but mostly it's like a fly-in only and then they barge a lot of stuff too but that's rough. I think you can only do that in like the summertime.
0: So it's actually its own world. It's actually, I think those of us in the it lower forty, we think of Alaska as this yeah. disconnected world unto itself. And then you're describing an area that I bet most Alaskans are like, yeah, they're doing their own thing there.
1: <laughs> yeah. You have no idea. Like it is so different. Um, like I lived in California and like when we first got there, people were driving like 90 miles an hour. And I'm, like, in such culture shock. Um, I was just, like, our speed limit here is, like, 65. And you got to be careful. Like, a big old moose could, like, jump out in front of your car, you know. We don't have deer, but um, we do in, like, Sitka, which is more, like, southeast. Um, But here in Anchorage, you know, like, we have moose. Like, where I live, we have black bears that, like, you better watch yourself because they'll come out, you know. Um, I mean, moose are be- really tough too. Like, yeah,
0: moose are terrifying, terrifying huge animals. Even before <laughs> you said, even before you said, like, yeah, you know, milk's ten dollars a gallon. So, you know, a lot of people hunt global. I'm sitting here and hunting. I'm from New Jersey. I'm thinking, all right, yeah, you hunt for deer, and then you follow it up. You go, yeah, but global warming it's making it hard to uh, track down walruses to hunt. Which to me sounds like a <laughs> sentence that 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 people don't yeah. say
1: yeah and I think it's it's very off-putting to a lot of people because they're like a walrus like you eat a walrus you know you eat seals I'm yeah. like yeah like
0: does it taste that good? was
1: that was that was life you know you use the resources around you you know we don't waste that's another thing that's like a huge native thing like you don't waste at all
0: that's beautiful and I like that
1: yeah me too. And so, you know, I'm, I'm fairly liberal in a really conservative state. Um, and so for me, you know, this whole reduce, reuse, recycle is just second nature, you know? Yeah. What does Um, walrus taste like? And there's, you know, I don't know. Um, I've not had walrus. I have had seal meat. Um, I'm city native is what you call me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm actually, I'm actually not full. I'm actually half a new back and then I'm half German. My dad, so my dad was in the air force and he got stationed up here, which is very common. Um, a lot of dudes come up in the air force or in the army. Um, there's an air force base here in Anchorage and then there's a, um, uh, air force base in Fairbanks, which is kind of like the middle of the state. But um, yeah, back to seal meat. Yeah. It's delicious. Really? <laughs> it's, um, it's really good. Um, it's kind of like a mixture of like fish and beef. If I had to explain what it tastes like. And so what they do with the seal oil is they ferment the meat. Now you got to understand back in the days, there wasn't ways to keep food unless you salted it or unless you like fermented it. Right. So I know it sounds disgusting, but bear with me, (laughs) um, they would ferment the meat and the fat and the oil would render from that. And you dip that with like carrots, you dip it with boiled, um, potatoes, boiled steak meat. That's what our family does. Um, cabbage, um, you know, whatever veggies, it's a lot of root veggies whatever veggies you want to eat, you know, with it. Um, (laughs) and I, I'm kind of weird about it. I like to put a little soy sauce in that seal oil.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, and dip that in there. That's the city native in in you though, right? Uh That's
0: what, that's when people look at you and go city native. Uh huh. Uh huh. My family
1: knows like, I'm like, where's the soy sauce? When Eskimo dinner goes down, dude, I'm like, where's the soy sauce? (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then, you know, you eat that together. You boil or bake a little salmon. Dip that in there. Some caribou meat. Oh, it's so good. And the way that I, I think seal oil tastes is it's very similar to like olive oil. Um, and it, it when I if I don't have seal oil, I do. I have a little in my freezer. You got to keep it frozen. Okay. Um, if I if I have if I don't have any, then I'll I'll dip a little bread in some olive oil. You know, and it just gives you that. That, just that taste—it's
0: delicious. Yeah. But have you ever had an Italian hot dog, which is a New Jersey delicacy?
1: <laughs> Does Costco count? <laughs>
0: no, this is you deep fry a hot dog, you deep fry some potatoes, onions, peppers, you put it on a slice of pizza bread. It's delicious. You get it at Jimmy Buff's. It's the best. Now you said a phrase in there. I'm for that. Well, you said a phrase, and I was nervous mm-hmm. to ask a question about, it, but you did say use the phrase eskimo dinner you were like oh when eskimo dinner goes down I knew, soy sauce I sausage. knew
1: you're going to say something about that <laughs> well i wasn't sure if that
0: was like an offensive word at this point
1: so it's weird because like i i still use the word eskimo and i know that some people they find it offensive and i totally like respect that and i guess I think a lot of the PC stuff is like sometimes you got to figure out what is offensive to someone. And so for me, it's not offensive because growing up you really wanted to like differentiate yourself from being Eskimo or Indian. And so, you know, I was like, I'm Eskimo bros. Like I'm not Indian, you know, I don't have a tribe, you know, um, we have a village. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, It's not offensive to me, but to some, to some people it is, it is offensive. And I, you know, once you kind of say like, if it comes up, you just, okay, cool. Well, you're Alaska native then whatever.
0: Yeah. I I would have to imagine the issue is that you get like the cartoon depiction of like a a grinning person and a fur lined hood rubbing their nose with another person. And that must get old.
1: That's Eskimo kisses, dude. That's Eskimo kisses. Is Even that a real thing? <laughs> yeah, it is. A, I mean, it's not like a, it's like something silly that will be, you know, we kind of do. It's it's not like a, oh, hey, give me an Eskimo kiss. You know, it's just kind of a tongue in cheek, I guess. Thing. All right. So,
0: All right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but I do want to venture out to New Jersey. My husband... um And I have been together for 18 years. And so um, we've been together since high school. Um, We were, I guess, technically high school sweethearts. Um, And so we want to make it out to New Jersey. I've never been. Um, I've been to Virginia. That's about as far
0: east as I've been. How did a guy from New Jersey wind up in Alaska at the age of nine?
1: Oh, God. My husband... um, so my mother in law obviously was from New Jersey, and we make fun of her because she says, you know, about, and she says, uh, Orange.
0: Yeah, I'm from West and Orange. orange. <laughs> She's from North Jersey. You just let me know, because I I'm from West he, Orange, and he's then people- from, he's
1: from, No, I'm sorry, I have to correct you. He's from South Jersey, is what? where he's
0: from. So.
1: What? Yeah, they're. If I remember correctly, and so I don't know like the boroughs and stuff and all the counties, but he, I always get this wrong. He's from Pittman area.
0: Oh Um, yeah, that's, that's South Jersey. All right.
1: Yeah. Um, He's lost a lot of whatever accent he came up here with, but I'll be like. What, we're gonna go, you know what? What color's that? That orange over there, you know? And he'll say it's orange, and so it's just the funniest thing. Like it's the one thing I make fun of
0: him about. Yeah, that's where I'm from, West Orange, New but, Jersey. Don't correct me on it, baby.
1: Uh, nice. <laughs>
0: Does his mom say wooder? His mom that, that they're down near Philly. Does she say wooder? You
1: no. Know, no, she says how how. So, or, uh, yeah, you know, she, she has a little. Yeah, they have a little little accent. Um they're huge Eagles fans. My husband is a huge like die-hard Eagles fan. So the Eagles, yeah. By marriage. Now I'm a, I'm a huge Eagles fan. And
0: now and I keep distracting you. So how do they so he came out <laughs> with his mother-in-law. How do they wind up out there?
1: Yeah. So my mother-in-law, you know, her dad had always talked about wanting to come to Alaska and um my my husband's parents were not married when they had him so um she decided that it was time for her to move on and they sold everything they had and they moved up to Alaska and like it's i'm always curious why people say they come here because i want to know like what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> and you know but that, that that was just her dream she just wanted to come up here and they made their life here. And luckily for me, they did, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. So but they've
1: that, been here ever since.
0: I mean, since. look, moving to a new school at the age of nine is always going to be tough, even if you move across town. Those first yeah. few years your and, husband had, he must have been like, what is going on right now?
1: Yeah, and it, it it's something that we've talked about. You know, my husband, he was really mad at his mom when they moved because, you know, he's, and it's kind of cruel to me, it seems sometimes, because that's just ripping your kid right out of their community, you know, and their safety net and taking them someplace. Like this kid has no clue about, not only does he not have a clue, but it's so damn different. And, you know, it, it just always was really odd to me. And so it's something we've talked about. I, I think his mom, I you know, I love her to death, um, but I think, it kind of felt vindictive to me, to his dad. Um, and there's some issues there, you know, his dad, um, maybe wasn't around as much as he could have been. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's like, I just, I could never imagine picking up and moving all the way across the country. If, if for some reason my husband and I didn't work out. Yeah.
0: You're you're not moving to New Jersey if that goes down.
1: Hell no. (laughs) Like, (laughs) You know, maybe Wasilla, which is, you know, 45 minutes away. (laughs) Uh But, you Uh know, that's where, uh, that's Palin land over there.
0: So Now, when Um, when people come up from the lower 48, and I don't, it sounds like maybe your mother-in-law had some elements of this. When people come up from the lower 48, because they want to hang out in Alaska and find themselves and do this soul searching. Is that a very annoying thing that the lower 48 people do?
1: Um, it's not, I mean, no, cause I, I get it. It's, it's absolutely beautiful here. You know, um, it's just, it's so different. I've not been to Colorado or something, but the mountains are such a grounding thing where I live in Anchorage. The mountains are like, I can look out my window and see them. Um, and so I get it, you know, you want to come someplace beautiful. Um, I think what's more annoying is there's a certain understanding when you live here um and that is to be giving, to be courteous, to be nice to everybody. Alaskans are like some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. Um when you when you get people that come up here that are assholes or they they have um that privilege, you know, it you can tell it's like you're not from here. I can I can look at you and be like you're not from here. <laughs> if you're down to earth and you're just giving you know and you're just concerned about your neighbors um it's it's pretty obvious you were either like born and raised or damn near close you know um you got to be able to share with your neighbors i mean especially now like with this whole covid bullshit going on um you got to look out for one another the elements here like nature does not care and you gotta make sure that everybody's okay. Yeah.
0: I remember when I saw the movie Into the Wild, it presents it as this very romantic vision. And then I read the book and the book has a much more pointed edge of like this kid, God bless him, is kind of a dumbass going into the Alaskan wilderness and yeah. find himself and not really knowing how it works.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you gotta be really careful. Um, you know, Native people know what plants to eat, um, and what you can eat, what you can't eat. I don't know. I've not seen the movie and I, I just know briefly about what the story is about. Um, but you, you gotta be really careful cause a lot of that shit's poisonous. Um, and my understanding, I think that's how he died, right? He ate like some berries or something that were like poisonous.
0: Yeah. I've read up on it and I think in the book they say this and I've read further that apparently they think now they think that kid, um, Thought he was eating one type of plant, and he ate another that is similar yeah. that will actually cause paralysis in humans, um, which yeah. is brutal. You and I'm not judging. Really I careful. feel like I judge the guy. Um, I'm just trying to point out the difference in the book in the movie. I'm not judging it. That's that's really brutal and scary. But yeah, he ate a plant that apparently paralyzes yeah. humans.
1: That's what I. That's what I recall. Um, yeah, you got to be really careful. Like you can't. You can't just go be like, oh you know this is chill to eat like <laughs> you can uh, and i mean i kind of know what berries but i really relied on like my grandma for that to be like you know you can eat this you can eat that um my now i she's passed she passed in 2017 um and that was incredibly hard whenever a native elder dies you know all of that knowledge goes with them and um whether it's knowledge of the plants or cultural knowledge or knowledge of, you know, art. Um, my grandmother made dolls her whole life and, um, my grandfather, uh, carved, he made, um, soapstone artwork. Um, and so it's just, it's really hard when they go. Um, but yeah, I, I'd rely on her to tell me, you know, you can eat that. Don't touch that. (laughs) Um, And so now I have my, like my mom, Um, my mom is still around, but it's, you know, she was kind of raised here in the sixties and seventies. So it's, she wasn't raised in the village. And so you really lose a lot of that when you move to Anchorage Um, wasn't really their choice. Uh, Anchorage, was really touched by the TB outbreak, which, you know, the Iditarod is all about diphtheria. We've had a lot of illness here. Um, and so but for a lot of those folks, you know, a lot of kids were orphaned. Um, a lot of parents died, which was the circumstance, I think, in both my grandparents. Um, and so they moved to Anchorage to get a better chance. So.
0: Now, you say you're you're half native. This means your kids are a quarter mm-hmm. a quarter native. Correct. Yes. Do you feel like that connection is still very strong with them, or do you see it you, as you say, like it's harder with each generation, especially with movement to cities to retain stuff? Do you, do you Is it a priority for you to make sure they stay in touch with it, or do you see it kind of uh, waning yeah. with their generation as well? As
1: as much as I can.
0: We all got to pass stuff along to our kids, right? I just became a parent. I already think about that every day, and I don't even have the responsibility of maintaining the traditions of the Native culture. Don't go away. Okay, everybody. Break's over. Let's finish this one off. is it a priority for you to make sure they stay in touch with it or do you see it kind of, uh, yeah. with their generation as well? As,
1: as much as I can. Yeah, no, like I try to get them to experience the culture as much as I can. Um, you know, it's hard cause I don't have all of that knowledge. Um, but I really try to spend time with my family and, you know, teach them, you know, our native culture whether that's through little things like food, art, um, just spending time with my elders, you know, is something that I try to get them to do. They they had the benefit um, of going to a Head Start that was culturally focused on Alaska Native culture. Um, so they learned some of that. And that's another... <laughs> free service that I will say was very good. (laughs) Um, But they got to spend time with people who were elders, people who really knew the culture and could translate to them, you know, in their little, their little words, you know, how culture worked for us. Um, And there's Yupik, there's Yupik Eskimos. Um, They're kind of from, Bethel area, which is um, kind of on the middle finger. If you're looking on your hand there, um, kind of at the tip of the middle finger, kind of in that area. And there's Clinkit people that you know he went to school with, and they're Indian folks that are from the southeast. Um, and then of course uh, Inuvak people. So they have salmon for lunch and. You know, they learned little Native dances and it was really, I think, enriching um, as a parent to have them go there.
0: That's really cool. I am not familiar with Head Start. (laughs) I don't know what a Head Start is, but it sounds like a pretty great thing.
1: You don't know what a Head Start is. That's like a big thing. They wanted to get Head Starts all around the country. What's a Head Um, Start? It just like, you know, preschool. Oh, um, yeah. I just
0: call that preschool. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> See my husband, he calls things, uh, differently. So he'll say, you know, the tennis shoes or I'll say shoes or tennis shoes. He says sneakers.
0: Yes. I say yeah. sneakers. Yeah. All right. <laughs> me and your husband, me and your husband, quite similar, quite similar. culturally.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And we, in New Jersey, we, we don't really, uh, like, it makes me sad when I hear you say that, like, you make a point to check in with the elders for the old traditions, it makes me realize that, like, yeah. we, we move a little too fast out here for that. And I had Nintendo and shit growing up, and that was my priority. <laughs> and then, you know, my grandparents... Hey, uh,
1: I did too. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean,
0: of course people have Nintendo, but to me, like, the, especially the Northeast, we don't slow down, is my point. We don't slow down. and yeah.
1: So you guys
0: sad. give me anxiety. Oh yeah. I mean, we give ourselves anxiety. I, I would freak you out hanging out with you. I would stress you out. I'm sure. But I'd never, i never. I've realized, you know, both my grandparents passed away and I never sat down with either of them and asked them what Ireland was like. I just never did it. And now I don't get to. Oh my
1: gosh. What a
0: bummer. You know,
1: I, I missed that opportunity with my grandmother. Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy with my grandmother. Um, I'm pretty sure that I'm not fully half Inupac. I'm pretty sure we're part Japanese. Ooh. So if you look at my grandma, she's lighter skinned, which Inupiaq people are just because I think we're so, you know, far at the top of the state. That's like just how we came out. Um, but if you look at her, you know, she just looks a little different and so I wanted, I've asked her, I had asked her a couple of times, because her maiden name sounded sounded very Japanese as well. So I was like, Grandma, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure your name is not Native. <laughs> you know, I tried to say it as respectfully as I could. And she had said to me, you know, there was talk that my grandmother was Japanese or something like that. And I just... You know, I, you have to be, we're very respectful with our elders. Um, and so I, um, I don't, I didn't ever want to push her. Um, and you kind of have to be very respectful with native people. It's just how we operate. Um, and so I, I kind of had questioned her about certain things and, but I, I wanted to get her on video and just talk to her about life and just talk to her about how things were for her. Um, you know, my, my mom was an alcoholic for all of my life. And unfortunately, that's kind of a, a problem that some Native people struggle with. Um, and so I spent a lot of time with her. Um, so while I didn't, you know, get that chance to record her or get that conversation, I did get a lot of time with her. She was almost like a second mom to me. And I'm I'm incredibly grateful for that. She was so like loving. She she was just an amazing teacher. She was patient. And gosh, if there you know, they always you always get that question like when you're meeting new people, like, you know, if there was one person dead or alive, you know, that you would like spend time with, it would be her and my grandfather, of course. They just were amazing people.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. What a cool thing to be able to say. I have another thing that you brought up earlier. We have less than 15 minutes Mm -hmm. left. This one's flying. Okay. I do want to ask, (laughs) what are your plans with your criminal justice schooling? Because I'm hoping you're going to become a badass native (laughs) Alaskan private detective with a cool scar on your neck. That's my hope. (laughs)
1: Oh man, you and me both. (laughs) Um, you know, I, when I was younger, like just out of high school, I thought, you know, maybe I'll be like a CSI or like, I'll be a cop or I was really interested in both. But I think what I lost interest in was the way that the justice system worked So it was, it's retributive justice, which is, you know, kind of lock them up, throw away the key. Um, and what I really have loved learning about is more restorative justice. Um, and so that's really helping people, you know, to reduce recidivism, to reduce crime and really helping them get back on their feet and kind of more focused on fixing the problem rather than. Okay, cool. This person's mentally ill. Let's lock them up. You know, this person didn't have the money to pay for their groceries here in Alaska because milk is $10 in the village, and um, we're going to throw them in jail. Like, that doesn't do anything. And um, we're not, to, this person has an addiction issue, so they stole from their family, and, you know, um, we're going to just lock them up. It, that doesn't do anything. And it, it continues recidivism. It's not fixing the problem. You know, I think what I would really like to do with that degree is focus on that is just restorative justice. Um, there's so much more that can be done and it, it saves money. You know, people bitch about crime, you know, just doing the same old thing in the status quo. It's not, it's not doing anything. So my, my dad, um, actually went to prison um, and he had a drug problem and it took I visited him while pregnant with my oldest and I had to drive to, to Kenai which is a couple hours away from Anchorage and you know I, I that was kind of my first I had been disinterested in the criminal justice field and that, you know, I went to go visit him and I said you know we can do better my dad was a veteran you know um, and I just decided pretty much shortly after I'm going to pursue getting the degree. I think we can do better. So that's just what I want to do, you know.
0: You're real cool.
1: <laughs> and you. Talk, everything
0: you talk about, you talk about in this very measured, calm tone of voice. <laughs> but then the things you're oh, actually saying you. are like the coolest things. We're, you're telling me about what it's like. To to spend time in your home village where people hunt seals and know how to live off the land in this sort of very <laughs> harsh life that, but is also kind of beautiful in the way that humans are meant to be. Or you talk to me about how you want to dedicate your time to restorative justice because your own dad. And, but you just say it all so calmly. But then I'm listening to it and I'm like, this is badass. Everything about this is badass. <laughs>
1: I've been told a lot that I have a very calming vibe um
0: yeah, I, I haven't felt this relaxed in weeks
1: <laughs> I mean that's something with my anxiety. I try to um keep that calm, you know um it, it's not it's not great feeling to be stressed out and um not take your time um. So it's just something I try to to be in life, you know, it's just calm. I feel
0: like there's probably a lot of people listening going, yeah, I keep taking these very satisfying <laughs> deep breaths that are chilling me out.
1: You got to come for a saying. vacation to Alaska, dude. Like, <laughs> Well, I
0: tell you, I counted there's it up. There's nothing to do here. <laughs> I counted it up and there's only, I think it was six of the United States that I haven't been to. And my agent uh-huh. who organizes all my, uh, my touring dates whenever we're allowed to go out in public again, I told him, I said, look, I don't need to make much money and I don't need them to be like uh-huh. rock star gigs, but I, uh, <laughs> I want to visit these six states. I want to visit these six states and Alaska's one.
1: I would love to see you.
0: Are there comedy yeah. clubs in Anchorage? Get- There's not,
1: not a lot. There's like one venue. Um, It's
0: called Coots. It's called Coots? (laughs) Uh, I got to come up and perform at Coots? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's called Chill Coot Charlie's, but if you're from Anchorage, you know it as just Coots. Um, I actually saw uh, Chris Catan there not too long ago, and I was so stoked. Um, He was so funny, and he had such control of the audience. Um, It was great. So that might be a good venue. There's other little, like, convention centers i guess might is what we would call them i don't know what you guys call them um, but there's some there's some venues
0: you know you're telling me though most likely if i come to anchorage i got to reach out to a place called Chilcooch charlies <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm going to make it happen Oh someday. my god,
1: is this the funniest thing to hear you say it. <laughs> Coots It's called Coots, Chris It's,
0: it's Coots <laughs> I'm doing two shows at Coots, 7.30 and 10 Get your pick <laughs> yes. But yeah Those oh are the gosh, states that would be awesome. I haven't been to Alaska Either of the Dakotas mm-hmm. Montana okay. Wyoming <clears throat> And then very strangely Bert. enough Wisconsin those are the only ones I've missed.
1: Yeah. Like literally those are like some of the least populated states. <laughs> so, well,
0: I mean, the first makes five makes sense, no. but Wisconsin has like Madison and Milwaukee. How have I never performed there? How have I never gone to? Yeah, I guess Wisconsin? that's true. Of course, I've never been to Wyoming. That, no offense to our Wyoming <laughs> listeners out there. But of course, yeah. that's, that's one that m- most people don't pass through. No offense, but yeah, yeah. Alaska is uh, it's, um, <laughs> it's separated from me by another country, of course. But Wisconsin, it's, somebody get me a gig yeah. in Madison, comedy on State's one of the best <laughs> comedy clubs. How have I never
1: done it? It's so funny because like we don't get a lot of people here that either come up or um, perform. So like mm-hmm. the last really cool concert, um, I did see Diplo. He came up, um, I think, a couple years back. Um, and I was a really big fan until he put on like a headdress, and I was like, "Yeah, Oops. that's not cool. That's disrespectful."
0: Took a big um, swing there. And then Diplo. a couple
1: years, yeah, um, I was not happy about that. Like, you just don't do that. Um, and then right before that was the Chili Peppers, and that was amazing. And it was funny because they were supposed to come up in the nineties and they never did. Like they canceled their shows. I don't think they got enough sales. Um, but yeah, they came up and, uh, and my husband and I caught the show. We were pretty close to like the front. Um, we weren't, you know, we could see them really well. It was really good.
0: I'm going to be the next step in that proud lineage of, uh, now i also heard a story did you ever hear that one that i think it was walmart once did a contest where pitbull was going to do a show at a walmart and (laughs) people could go vote on which one and then the internet teamed up and made him go to the most remote one in the world which is in alaska
1: yes it was so hilarious he had to go to kodiak (laughs)
0: did you check out that show or no
1: no, hell no. Number one, I'm not a big Pitbull fan. Um, but number two, Kodiak is, oh, my gosh, like it's so far away. That's where the um, Coast Guard base is.
0: So. And he did it to his credit. He committed <laughs> to it.
1: I, uh, listen, yes, I will give him credit. Like that was hilarious. And it was just funny because they were really trying to get people to like vote for the Miami one. I think it was what it was. Um, and everybody was like, Nope, you're going to Kodiak.
0: <laughs> now, I have to say, this is the first time we have less than five minutes left. The laugh that came okay. out when you heard that incident reflected a sort of a dark sense of humor, almost a cruelty in it that did <laughs> show very briefly a different side of you.
1: I think the thing is, is like Alaska is always like the last, <laughs> the last for anything, it's just it's. It was just so funny to to have someone come up here that is fairly well known was like it just was really funny, I guess, and I don't yes. know if you saw taco bells. they had done the thing where they went to a village and they gave people tacos I don't know if you've seen that I haven't. Um, <laughs> it's It's a pretty funny thing to google um it's just for us we know we know we're not getting anybody you know really famous we just know you know and yeah. so for for it to be Pitbull was just really funny because it, it wasn't because he wanted to come here I mean he was bitching and complaining you know um, it, it, it was because he had to come up here nobody wants to come up here it's expensive it's, there's not a lot of people here it makes sense
0: you, you have not sounded okay. more excited or talked at a faster pace than you have during this Pitbull <laughs> Road we've gone down.
1: (laughs) Well, shout out to Pitbull. You know, like it was. It. I will say for him to live up to his word, that was pretty rad.
0: I will. Now, I got to say something because we got three minutes left, and we went down so many really Mm -hmm. fascinating roads. I thank you for all of them, but I do want to just one more time say I am very, very glad that 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 diagnosis, terrifying. I'm glad that it's gone away. I'm glad that it was solved relatively quickly because... Thanks, me too, dude. Yeah. I mean, you you have so many interesting things to talk about and you're aiming to do so much good. (laughs) And I'm so, so happy that you got past that one.
1: Well, maybe I'll call back and I'll give you an update. Um, Before we go, I do want to teach you one word. Um, okay. It is uh, Koyana.
0: Koyana. Say it? Koyana.
1: Yes, that means Koyana. That means thank you. So I just want to say Koyana for having me on the show. Um, I've tried to call in a few times. Um, do more late night because Alaska, it's only noon here, dude. Um,
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. But,
1: um, yeah. So. Um, I'm glad that I was able to get through and hey, congrats on being a dad. I know I'm a little late, um, but um it's the best roller coaster ride and they're so amazing and so worth just being a parent for. Um and it's something that has given me like the most things to be grateful for is, is my boys. They're amazing. My husband's rad too, don't get me wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a different follow X though. Now I'll tell you and you know I'm no longer in the studio. I'm, I'm recording this in the house where I'm hiding out during all the COVID stuff. And when I look to my right, right now, I'm looking out a window uh-huh. where my wife has our one-year-old in a giant old rusty wheelbarrow and is sprinting, and sprinting <laughs> in a wheelbarrow. It's very yeah. cute. Not particularly safe, but really cute.
1: <laughs> Keep up on them shots.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. We got one minute left. <laughs> Koyana for calling in. Koyana for sharing your stories. Yeah. Koyana for being <laughs> so open and honest. And uh Koyana mm-hmm. for everything.
1: Yeah, same. Uh Koyana is like the the thank you very much.
0: Koyanakbuk. And is that something That's now when I come up it. and do coots, is that something uh-huh.
1: that like uh
0: everyone in Alaska says that? Like a uh, aloha, or is that just a the native
1: people? The native people will have your back, dude. All the natives Just say, "Koyana." Yeah, yeah. All we're right. gonna be like, "Woo!" He so knows I, a word.
0: If I get on stage at Koots and I'm like, "Koyana," to all my uh, all my lovely native people for coming out tonight, I got them where I want them at that. point.
1: Yeah, we're gonna be like, "Yes, yeah." All right.
0: <laughs> I, I guess I'll uh, I'll see you at Koots someday.
1: I hope so. I hope so. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for talking to me.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate
0: it. Caller, thank you so much. Or should I say Koyana so much? It was really a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so happy that you're healthy. And I I hope that remains the case. And I think you were really cool. I said it during the call, but I'll reiterate it. That was cool. You're cool. See you at Coop's. Thank you to Jared O'Connell. Thank you to Anita Flores. Thank you to Shell Shag for the music. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. And if you want to check out the entire Beautiful Anonymous back catalog, go to Stitcher Premium. It's at stitcherpremium.com stories. All the details are there. Thanks so much for listening. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, our caller has an ailment. And what are they using to uh, deal with that pain? Weed. Marijuana. Medicinal. Sometimes.
1: One of my biggest coping mechanisms because of stomach issues. So my biggest coping mechanism is smoking weed all the time. Oh, okay. Because it helps, you know, it helps with the stomach. So, Mm -hmm. but then my doctor just decided to tell me that it's possible the wheat might be somehow contributing or like stopping me from healing. The fact that it's been something that I've been relying on so much where no actual medications have been helping and now I'm being told that I might have to stop and now like it could be the solution like if I stop smoking wheat maybe I'll get better.
0: That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.